Hi, hello friends, goodies and chitters. Welcome to Potter's Podcast, Episode 21, Book 1, Chapter 7, The Sorting Hat. So far, we have seen blooming friendship between Ron and Harry, budding enmity between them and Draco Malfoy. We couldn't wait anymore to find out the house to which Harry is going to be sorted out. Let's enter the splendid Great Hall of Hogwarts. Few seconds after the ghost of a Hufflepuff, Friar greeted the first years, McGonagall re-entered and asked them to move along in a line. Meanwhile, all the ghosts entered the Great Hall, not with the door but through the wall, and all the students followed McGonagall. Feeling oddly as though his legs had turned to lead, Harry got onto the line behind a boy with sandy hair with Ron behind him and they walked out of the chamber, back across the hall and threw a pair of double doors into the great hall. Harry had never imagined such a strange and splendid place. It was lit by thousands and thousands of candles that were floating in mid-air over four long tables, where the rest of the students were sitting. These tables were laid with glittering golden plates and goblets. I think each table belonged to one one group. At the top of the hall was another long table where the teachers were sitting. Professor McGonagall let the first years appear so that they came to a halt in a line facing other students with the teachers behind them. Hundreds of faces staring at them looked like pale lanterns in the flickering candlelight. Dotted here and there among the students were the ghosts shone misty silver. Mainly to avoid all staring eyes, Harry looked upward and saw a velvety black ceiling dotted with stars. It was hard to believe there was a ceiling there at all, and the great hall didn't simply open onto the heavens, Harry thought. He heard Hermione whisper, it's bewitched to look like the sky outside. I read it about in Hogwarts, a history. Quickly, Harry looked down again as Professor McGonagall silently placed a four-legged stool in front of the first years. On the top of the stool, she put a pointed wizard's hat. The hat was patched and frayed and extremely dirty. Aunt Petunia wouldn't have let it inside the house. Maybe they had to try and get a rabbit out of it, Harry thought wildly that seemed the sort of thing and he didn't know anything so he was worried as well as the other students noticing that everyone in the hall was now looking at the sorting at the hat. Noticing that everyone in the hall was now staring at the hall, he started it too and of course at the hat. For a few seconds there was complete silence, then the hat twitched. A rip near the brim opened wide like a mouth and the hat began to sing. And the song goes like this. Oh, you may not think I'm pretty, but don't judge on what you see. I'll eat myself if you can find a smarter hat than me. You can't keep your bowlers black, your top hat sleek and trail, for I'm the Hogwarts sorting hat. And I can cap them all. There's nothing hidden in your head, the sorting hat. Cat can't see, so try me on and I'll tell you where you ought to be. You might belong in Gryffindor, where dwell the brave at heart, their daring nerve and chivalry set Gryffindors apart. You might be longing in Hufflepuff, where they are just and loyal, those patient Hufflepuffs are true and unafraid of toil. Or yet in wise old Ravenclaw, if you have ready mind, where those of wit and learning will always find their kind. Or perhaps in Slytherin, you'll make your heads real friends, those cunning folk use any means to achieve their ends. 
so put me on don't be afraid and don't get in a flap you're in safe hands do have none for i'm a thinking cat the whole hall burst into applause as the hat finished its song it bowed to each of the four tables and then became quite still again so we have just got to try out the hat ron whispered to harry i'll kill fred he was going on about wrestling a troll can you believe it harry smiled weakly yes trying on the hat was a lot better than having to do a spell but he did wish they could have tried it on without anyone else watching the hat seemed to be asking rather a lot harry didn't feel brave or quick-witted or any of it at the moment if only the hat had mentioned a house for people who felt a bit queasy dull that would have been the one for him he thought like that professor mcgonagall now stepped forward holding a long roll of parchment when i call your name you will put on the hat and sit on the stool to be sorted she said and she called first abbot hanon a pink-faced girl with blonde pigtails stumbled out of line put on the hat which fell right down over her eyes and sat down a moment's pause hufflepuff shouted the hat the table on the right cheered and clapped as hanno went to sit down at the hufflepuff's table see as i said four table belongs to four different houses harry saw the ghost of fat friar waving merrily at her of course we have seen the ghost of hufflepuff already we have met him, the fat friar <clears throat> very kind i think susan bones went to hufflepuff also terry boot went to ravenclaw the table second from the left clapped this time several ravenclaws stood up to shake hands with terry as he joined them mandy brocklehurst went to ravenclaw too but lavender brown became the first new gryffindor and the table on the far left exploded with the cheers Harry could see Ron's twin brother Cat Cow. Millicent Bulstrode became the first Slytherin perhaps. It was Harry's imagination of course. After all, he heard about Slytherin but he thought they looked like an unpleasant lot. He was starting to feel definitely sick now. He remembered being picked for teams during gym at his old school. He had always lost as to be chosen not because he was no good but because no one wanted dudley to think they liked him finch fletchley justin went to hufflepuff harry continued his trail of thought harry noticed the hat shouted out the house at once but at others it took a little while to decide seamus fenigan the sandy haired boy who stood next to him uh, next to harry you remember in the line He sat on the stool for almost a whole minute before the hat declared him a Gryffindor. Hermione Granger. Hermione almost ran to the stool and jammed the hat eagerly on her head. Gryffindor shouted the hat at once. Ron groaned. Horrible thoughts struck Harry as horrible thoughts always do when you're very nervous. What if if he wasn't chosen at all? What if he just sat there with the hat over his eyes for ages until Professor McGonagall jerked it off his head and said there had obviously been a mistake and better back on the train. When Neville Longbottom, the boy who kept losing his thought, was called, he fell over on his way to the stool. The hat took a long time to decide with Neville. 
when it finally shouted gryffindor neville ran out still wearing it and had to jog black and gales of lawfer to give it to mcgonagall morag he spelled her spelling like that even you may laugh at neville but the boy has got guts written loads of guts within him we'll see later on anyway and we have to travel a lot before we decide what neville has got it in him what do i give importance to neville even that we will find soon i think in the second book not in the first book of course malfoy swaggered forward when his name was called and got his wish at once and the hat had barely touched his head when it screamed the slytherin of course he must be the cunning folk we have seen already Malfoy went to join his friends Crab and Goyle looking pleased with himself there weren't many people left now not moon parkinson then a pair of twin girls patel and patel then pearls sally and then at last harry potter as harry stepped forward whispers suddenly broke out like a little hissing fires all over the hall potter did she say the harry potter The last thing Harry saw before the hat was dropped over his eyes was the hall full of people craning to get a good look at him. Next second he was looking at the black inside of the hat. He waited. Mm, said a small voice in his ear. Difficult, very difficult. Plenty of courage, I see, not a bad man either. There's a talent. Oh my goodness, yes, a nice thirst to prove yourself. Now that's interesting so where shall i put you Harry gripped at the edge of the stool and thought not slytherin not slytherin not slytherin yes said a small voice are you sure you could be great you know it's all here in your head and slytherin will help you on the way to greatness no doubt about that no well if you're sure better be Gryffindor Harry heard the hat shouted at last the last word to the whole hall he took off the hat and walked shakily shakily towards the gryffindor table he was so relieved to have been chosen not put in slytherin meanwhile a great great applause broke out in the gryffindor's table he hardly noticed that he was getting to be toughest to cheer at Percy the prophet got up shook his hand nervously and he was jump up and down while the Weasley's twin yelled we got potter we got potter Harry sat down opposite the ghost in the rough he'd seen earlier the ghost patted his arm giving Harry the sudden horrible feeling he had just plunged it into the bucket of ice cold water oh this is how we feel when a ghost touches as of the greatly chill feeling He could see the high table properly now. He was relieved almost no having been sorted out. He was not sent back to the train back to the Dursleys. He was relaxed completely. He could able to see everything properly now. At the end nearest him sat Hagrid who caught his eye and gave him a thumbs up. The teacher's table of course. Harry grinned back and there in the center of the high table in a large golden chair sat Albus Dumbledore. Harry recognized him at once from the card he had gotten out of chocolate frog on the train. Dumbledore's silver hair was the only thing in the whole hall that shone as brightly as a ghost. Harry spotted Professor Quirrell too, the nervous young man from the Leaky Cauldron, you remember? 
he was looking very peculiar in the large purple turban. And now there was only four people left to be sorted. Dean Thomas, a black boy even taller than Ron, joined Harry at the Gryffindor's table. Lizard Turpin became a Ravenclaw and then it was Ron's turn. He was pale green by now. Harry crossed his finger under the table and the second later the hat shouted Gryffindor. Harry clapped loudly with the rest as Ron collapsed into the chair next to him. Well done, Ron. Excellent, said Percy wisely, pompously across Harry as Sabini Blazy was made a slither. The last girl. McGonagall rolled up her scroll and looked, took the sorting hat away. Harry looked down at his empty golden plate. He had just only realized how hungry he was. The pumpkin pasty seemed ages ago. Albus Dumbledore has gotten to his feet. He was beaming at the students, his arms opened wide as if nothing could have pleased him more than to welcome or seek them all here. Welcome, he said, welcome to New Year's at Hogwarts. Before we begin our banquet, I would like to say a few words and here they are. Nitwit Blummer Orwood Twink. Thank you. He sat back down. Everybody clapped and cheered. Harry didn't know whether to laugh or not. Is he a bit mad? He asked Percy uncertainly. Mad, said Percy airily. He's a genius. Best wizard in the world. He's a bit mid he's a bit mad, yes. Potatoes, Harry. Harry's mouth fell open. The dishes in front of him were now piled with food. He had never seen so many things he liked to eat on one table. Roast beef, roast chicken, pork chops and lamb chops, sausages, back and steak, boiled potatoes, roast potatoes, fries, Yorkshire pudding, peas, carrots, gravy, ketchup and for some strange reason, peppermint mint handbirds. He couldn't believe his eyes at all. The Dusleys had never exactly starved Harry but he had never been allowed to eat as much he, as he liked. Dudley had always taken anything that Harry really wanted to. Even if it made him sick, Harry piled his plate with a bit of everything except the peppermint mint and began to eat. It was all delicious. That does look good, said the ghost in the rough sadly, watching Harry cut up the steak. Can't you? I haven't eaten nearly for 500 years, said the ghost. I don't need to, but of course, but one does miss it. I don't think I've introduced myself. Sir Nicholas Dimimsey Porgingplant at your service, resident ghost of Gryffindor Tower. I know who you are, Ron said suddenly. My brothers told me about you. You are nearly headless Nick. I'd prefer you to call me Sir Nicholas Dimimsey. The ghost began to stiffly, but Sandy had Seamus Penigan interrupted. Nearly headless? How can he be nearly headless? Sir Nicholas looked extremely miffed as if their little chat wasn't going at all the way he wanted. Like this, he said irritably, he seized his left ear and pulled. His whole head swung off his neck and yuck, fell into the shoulder as if it was on a hinge. Someone had obviously tried to behead him but not done it properly, looking pleasedly at the stunned looks on their faces. Nearly headless snake flipped his head back onto his neck. Coughed and said, So new Gryffindors, I hope you are going to help us with the house win championship this year. Gryffindors have never gone so long without winning. Slytherin have got the cup six years in a row. The bloody barons becoming almost unbearable. He's a Slytherin ghost. 
Harry looked over at the Slytherin table and saw a horrible ghost sitting there with blank staring eyes, a gaunt face and robes stained with silver blood. He was right next to Malfoy who Harry was pleased to see didn't look too pleased with seating arrangements. How did he get covered in blood? asked Seamus with great interest. I'm never asked, nearly headlessly delicately said. When everyone had eaten as much as they could, the remains of the food faded from the plates, leaving them sparkling clean as before. A moment later, the desserts appeared. Blocks of ice cream in every flavor you could think of. Apple pies, truckle tarts, chocolate eclairs and jam donuts, trifled strawberries, jello ring, rice pudding. As Harry helped himself to a trickle tart, the talk turned to their families. To know about families of everyone, I think we have to wait till the next episode. Till that, let me admire the splendid great hall with its arrangements as if the heavens. See you later and it's bye from Kamali. Don't forget to share. Let's share and spread magic in the air.